0: Welcome to Deciphering the Future, a discussion of how the world around us is being transformed by technology. On this first episode, we'll dig into how COVID-19 is disrupting our lives.
1: So Arturo, as you know, at the center, 20 years ago, we really were convinced that the internet was going to change everything. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And we started this massive project in 2000 because I had always been taught that we should have tracked television. Television was the only mass medium we knew ahead of time was going to be a mass medium, and we should have tracked it. Uh, I became convinced in the 90s, and you were part of that project, that the internet was gonna be far more important than television. So in 2000, we started tracking digital use, went back to the same people, do that work in 35 countries and uh, in a sense what we're going through in the pandemic which i think is the greatest disruption we have ever faced we've never seen so much of our lives disrupted at one time even during the second world war for example you know we had loved ones overseas there were shortages but uh, movie theaters were open, schools were open, we went to work, life was largely normal. I don't know if you can think of any time uh, other than the Second World War where there was disruption, but I think this is greater, maybe 100 years to the Spanish flu. And, and I think this is the greatest social science experiment of all time except none of us volunteered for it, none of us were ready right. for it, but without warning we had to move our working, our learning, our buying, and our entertainment online.
0: Yeah,
1: and I think in many ways the internet's now taking a victory lap, that uh, it won. You had to be lucky enough to have a good connection, and a good connection during the pandemic meant something different it meant that you might have five people at home and the mother and father were going to work online. Mm -hmm. Two of the kids were going to school and the third kid was watching Netflix all day, all at the same time. So you had to have five different devices. That wasn't a problem for most households. You had to have sufficient bandwidth. And in some cases, you needed some private space to work in. But uh, when we talk about the internet taking a victory lap, I don't think there's anything that's performed better during this pandemic or this social science experiment than working online. Mm -hmm. As we'll talk about in future sessions, I think learning online has been a dismal failure. And we'll go back to in-class teaching and learning as quickly as possible. People are desperate to go back now. People are not desperate to go back to the office in many instances. Online work has worked. So let's talk about online work and your experience. You've been working at home for four and a half months. And uh, all, all in all, do you think you've been as productive?
0: You know, it's an interesting, thank you for the question. I think it's such a funny uh, situation because working from home was one of those ideal states that most employees uh, wanted their company to agree on to really have the flexibility to work from home a few days a week and whatnot. But I don't think we expected working from home situation to be so disrupting and disrupting in in so many different ways. And, and, And we'll hear from you on that, but from the way it feels like we are definitely working longer hours. It's quite difficult to disconnect from the work mindset, uh, even from the moment we wake up in the morning.
1: We even gaining the- an hour to two hours a day without a commute. You still for think sure. you are working? sure. Yeah,
0: for sure. It's just that now you're getting text messages from your boss, from your coworkers, and whatnot. So it's it's like it definitely feels like we're living at work.
1: And they probably know you're home all day, so mm-hmm. they. Expected. (laughs) Well, let's look at some of you know, we went into the field uh, a couple times in April when we were new to this, in June when we were getting pretty experienced. So let's look at I I said we think working at home has been a large success. Well, the first question before you can evaluate any of this stuff Mm -hmm. is how many people can work at home? And you know, I think you and I are pretty lucky. We could move, I think, basically all of our work at home and maybe come in once in a great while just for the social function or just to remember who your workmates are. But talking to Americans, you know, what we found is 74% of people can do at least a little bit of their job at home. 26% can do all of it. Those Mm -hmm. would be people in advertising, lawyers, anybody who's, know, sharing information, writing, doesn't require face-to-face contact much of the time. But overall, 74% can do at least a little bit of it. But 26%, same percentage as who can do all of their work online, 26% say they can't do any of their work online. Right. So they're just cut out of this whole discussion unless they want to change jobs. I mean, these are the bus drivers, the uh, McDonald's chefs. Uh, These are the people who, uh, sadly, during the pandemic, Mm -hmm. who have to put their health at risk if they want to keep their jobs because their jobs really means getting out there. We found that while 26% can't do any of their job online, if you look at people with only a high school education, it almost doubles essentially does double. 51% can't do any of their job. So this really skews to the educated, yep. to the affluent. Uh, but the good news is 74% can do at least a little bit of it, which may mean that you know maybe 74% can work at home at least one day a week, and we may get the benefits in the commute, and I grew up in Los Angeles and you grew up in Mexico City, two of the worst cities in the world
0: for mm-hmm. traffic. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. I mean, that number relates, 26% of uh, people who cannot do their job at all from home relates to the high unemployment numbers that we've been getting, we've been yes. seeing, right? Yeah, those are the
1: people yeah, who, who can't, are unemployed because their job has to be, you have to be there. No. Ticket takers in movie theaters, anybody whose job but requires you to be there. So, so the good news, though, is 74% can do at least a little bit of their job at home or online. So let's look at what we found. Let's what we found about working at home. Let's start by saying, what do people miss by working at home? You know, what do they really want at the office? what they... and this began to change over the two months, but we could see that almost two thirds of them miss just being somewhere else during the day. Mm-hmm. change of scenery, knowing you know unlike you know, most of us in the pandemic, we get up and you know we have a thirty second commute to wherever our computer is or our tablet is. And we know we're going to be sitting there all day, and then you know when the day's over, we're going to be we may be able to go to a different room, <laughs> but we're going to be in the same room. So right. two thirds of us really miss. I don't know how it's been for you.
0: Um, yeah, it's, it's it's funny because I, when I see this, uh, I feel like with some. We took so many things for granted before in the quote unquote normal way of working. And when I see, you know, the, the commute aspect of it, I've been talking to some friends over the last few months, just trying to gather their sentiment on do they miss a commute or not. And as you pointed out, I come from Mexico City where most people are used to spending at least two hours uh, per day in a car, either driving or commuting via ride share kind of service or public transportation. But Those two hours, that one hour driving, even half an hour, that's the me time, if you will, that we're used to having to catch up on news, on podcast, listening to music, talking to friends, that now we don't have at all. So, how do we make time during the day?
1: Well, that two hours, that commute comes with a a heavy price, Mm -hmm. comes with a price of your car, your gasoline. But I would argue the biggest price is the price on your psyche.
0: Mm-hmm. And when
1: you get into the office after an hour, and in Los Angeles, it's frequently an hour and 20 minutes. And, you know, it's a slog through bumper-to-bumper traffic, sometimes filled with road rage. Mm-hmm. That can take a real toll on your nerves. But you're absolutely right. You know, our data shows that what people miss, 39% miss the enjoyable aspects of the commute. Those are the people who don't have the two-hour slog. You know, when I used to be a teacher, I used to live 12 minutes from campus. It was great. 12 minutes actually wasn't quite enough. You need more like 20 minutes. If traffic's moving, it's pleasant to decompress Mm -hmm. between work and now. But 39% actually miss their commutes because they're the lucky ones. Their commutes, you know, not, as you said, it's me time, it's being on the phone, listening to music, podcasts, or just just thinking and getting your brain between home and work and vice versa. We also found almost 60%, not surprisingly, miss socializing or interacting, just chatting, some of it business, most of it just social. With their colleagues or their customers, and then fifty-six percent. And this cut through everything we looked at. Fifty-six percent missed the structure. Mm-hmm. You missed a lot. Of, missed the structure of the day. Turns out, I think we as you know humans as animals want structure. Want to know where we're going to be, when we're going to be there. We love Friday afternoons because we know it's just us till Monday morning. But during the pandemic, Friday afternoons aren't as exciting. When Saturday and Sunday are no different than Friday, it's sort of they're taking our weekends. They're taking the specialness. I don't know if you felt that. I I end a call on a Friday afternoon and say, have a great weekend, whatever that means.
0: (laughs) The recurring joke now is, so what are you going to do this weekend? Well, go to my living room, perhaps a little less than I was in my bedroom during the week or just cook something different. There's no excitement. You're completely right.
1: Yeah, I mean, the structure, the, the work part means that the fun part is even better and, <laughs> and you appreciate it more. Yeah, and, and somehow Sunday nights, I still feel like I'm going to work Monday. So so yeah. those are the things people like, I actually miss. They yeah. miss being somewhere else, interacting, structure, Uh, enjoyable commutes, when you look at what people enjoy, far more than those who miss the enjoyable aspects of the commute are two-thirds who enjoy not having the commute. The ones who spend the two hours in the daily slog with road rage, bumper to bumper, sometimes getting tickets or frustrations. So, I mean, that's a great joy. And I have, we'll talk about this in a couple minutes, I think We may, this may be the, I I thought in my lifetime, we would never end LA traffic. We're never going to get people into public transportation. (laughs) I don't think Mexico City or Sao Paulo ever thought they were going to end their traffic. This may be, uh, but we'll we'll look at that. People also like flexibility, that uh, I can work, if I want, I can take the day off and work in the evening, or I can work all day Saturday. Or I can work three hours a day and take a nice long lunch. Uh, So we like flexibility. We like relaxed dress. You know, we did some work on telecommuting 20 years ago when Uh most people couldn't telecommute. And we found the people who were most successful were the ones who got up at the same time every day. This is the structure. Importantly, who got dressed who didn't try to do their work in pajamas or in a bathrobe. The ones who were best, most happy had a dedicated room. If you're fortunate enough to have an extra bedroom uh, where you can close the door, but if not a dedicated room, a dedicated space, the same place every day. The people who do less well are those who have to move around. And now we have some families where five people, at yeah. a time, are looking for private space and can't get it. And uh, But we found people really enjoy relaxed dress. I don't think anybody's dressing up for work on Zoom. I think we're going to have to develop an, uh, an etiquette. Is it appropriate not to wear pants? I think most of the people in my calls aren't. Uh, there was a lawyer, uh, a court, a judge in New York Who threatened to fine his lawyers because they were coming to Zoom court dressed casually? And he wants them in Zoom court dressed exactly the way they'd be dressed in court. I don't know if you've (laughs) experienced, have you had meetings where people, you know, in, in your work, people don't wear ties? they sometimes wear sport jackets or mm-hmm. shirts with collars have you seen that change in your zoom
0: meetings i haven't seen one uh sport or casual jacket since early march in a screener or a conference call uh I've, I've spoken to cmos um via zoom and Microsoft Teams, and uh in you know, house parties even and everybody's wearing uh uh, basically dress casually and, and, and they don't care. I was just out of a call a few minutes ago with uh, the CMO of a big uh, file sharing service and they are completely casual, which is comforting because it means that you can do the same. But, you know, I, I understand several um, areas of work or industries don't, don't get to, to do that. That's why, funnily enough, I've been seeing that pop up in the last few weeks Certain companies have explored the funny innovation of the Zoom shirt, is what they call it, which I've is basically, it. you know, casual shirt of like three quarters of your upper body, and then it's just a regular T-shirt. Funny and functional.
1: <laughs> have you seen anyone in bathrobes or pajamas?
0: I have.
1: <laughs> yeah, my guess is we're not, that's 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 a no-no, and it'd be interesting if you're doing job interviews or college interviews. Do you still, you know, I don't, I don't, you'd look weird on Zoom in a suit and tie. Yeah. But, although the judge wanted that. But, you know, if you're doing a job interview, you probably should dress better mm-hmm. than just a meet, but that's all to be worked out. But, yeah. uh, but 61% really like the relaxed dress. Almost 60% love working at home. They control the environment. You don't have the crazy person in the office next to you cranking up the air conditioning in winter and the heat in summer. Uh, And 38% really like avoiding work politics. I don't think they go away, but they're less important. And of course, you don't see this in your work, Arturo, but 36% like not having irritating
0: workmates. You don't have any of those, of course. Well, I mean... I could be a part of that 36% easily. But I like how those two actually could relate to, uh, from the previous number of uh, 59% of the respondents really miss socializing and interacting with colleagues. There is this social adaptation that we will need to, to go through once we, quote unquote, go back to normal or somewhat normal, which is how do we go back to the... Traditionality of socializing in an office when now we're completely used to just texting and talking and zooming and whatnot. And we don't have that one on one hallway type of conversation. But I can see that most uh, 30, 30% of, of people enjoy avoiding the, the word politics, which basically could translate to they don't like to have any kind of small talk or sitting in meetings and looking at people's faces. and. As 36% say about daily training workmates, I mean, that's just part of the package of working in, a, in corporate America.
1: And you raise a really interesting question we'll get to it at the end, but if we are going to go in one or two days a week, are we going to coordinate those with our team? Are we going to, mm-hmm. so that everybody in my office, we're thinking of giving up the office and we will all come in on the same morning. Will you coordinate with just a couple of your friends to be there with the people you like? Or will everybody just come in and eventually you'll see everybody? Uh, right. It's a really interesting question. And and so just to finish this, a third say they like working at home because there were fewer disruptions. The person knocking on your door, the phone. We'll see that works the other way as well, though, because when you look at... um what are people what are the problems with working at home there are just as many people or actually a few more who say there are disruptions or distractions at home there's the kids although we've been in a really unique situation that the kids mm-hmm. aren't in school you know the parents yeah. were forced into the home the kids were so the kids are there in the future as as parents are working at home hopefully the kids will be at school there's the pets demanding attention. You know the only winners in this whole crisis, the only absolute winners, the dogs. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah. Uh, because all of a sudden there's they were home all day. You now This is the way. This is the way they dreamed of life. Now cats. That's not true. Cats couldn't care less if you're there. And probably would prefer you left. I'm really worried about dogs when we all go back, you know, part some of the time to work, and I'm also worried, you know, in California for the first time I think ever the shelters are empty. Mm-hmm. People have been adopting pets. I worry what happens when this ends. Yeah. Uh, but and then phone calls, people knocking at the door. The the second problem. This may be the sign of things to come. And I'm really curious of what you you think here, because this may be a a 21st century digital problem. Mm -hmm. 31% are concerned about the erosion of the boundary between work and home. Of those who make over $150,000 a year, 52% are concerned. This is that you don't just work the seven, eight hours, you're not you're working in the morning, the evening, weekends. And it can also be erosion the other way. Families not letting you do the work you need to do. But this erosion, you know, it's very easy to separate work from home. When you go to an office, your family can still call. But when you're working in your home, the whole boundary really does
0: erode. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. This is one of the The points that I was trying to make at the beginning of a conversation, it's kind of it's kind of difficult to um, try to separate your um, personal slash private life from work and conference calls and thinking and stressing about work because everything is now basically under the same roof. So that mental or psychological switch, if you will, that we need to turn on or turn off is not something that we were prepared to do at all. So there might be there might need to be certain education, training or or just any kind of different way of looking at things so that we can do that, because this this could definitely impact people's psychology and, and, and mental well-being.
1: Yeah. And we may have to educate families as well. Mm-hmm. When mommy or daddy are, you know, working, you, you treat them as you, know, you wouldn't walk into their office and start right. demanding their attention. Uh, and the same thing with respecting your kids when they're at school. Correct. You can interrupt them all they want when they're playing video games. <laughs> so just finishing, 18% say that there's a problem with just too many online calls and conferences. Even without the commute, if you're in seven hours in a row of Zoom meetings, It's debilitating. You need to get up, move around, change of pace. And 16% complain about at home there isn't privacy. That, of course, depends on who you're living with. That's the ones who have kids and and, and spouses or brothers and sisters. Anyway, to go a little bit further, we ask people when this is over, you've tasted 74% of us have tasted working at home. Uh, When this is all over, if you could go back to your office, but your office gives you the option of working from home, how often would you go in if it were totally up to Mm. you? And 10% say every day, just like always. I I need to get out of the house. I need the change of pace. Some people say they're not as disciplined at home, whatever it is. But only 10% say I want it the way it was. So 90% want to work on a different schedule. Of that, 30%, three times as many you say, I'll go in every day, 30% say, I'll never go in. Now, maybe they mean once a month or for a major meeting, but 30% don't ever want to go in. And then of the 60% who want to change a schedule but want to go in at least a little bit, it seems to be about one to two days a week. And I think that's the sweet spot. Mm -hmm. I think most of us have found, surprisingly, Zoom or Microsoft Teams works pretty well, depending on your job. I think we like the benefits. I don't think we want to be in the home seven days a week. I anticipate large numbers of people are going to go in one to three days a week, averaging about two. I think that will be enough to fix traffic it also we don't have to go in eight to five or nine to five. Um, I think uh, we talk about this in later sessions. I think 35 to 40 percent of business travel is going to disappear Mm -hmm. because people are realizing I don't need to get on a plane, spend thousands of dollars to present a PowerPoint. Sometimes you do, but much of the time you don't. Tell me about your office. I don't know anyone who isn't looking at their office space saying, do I need this much? Do I need it at all? So I think there's going to be a collapse in commercial real estate. It also may mean that we move further away from the office. It may have ramifications. Cities Mm -hmm. like New York City are based on millions of people coming in every day to go to work. It may uh, affect public transportation and whether it survives. I think it's going to affect everything. So the companies you work with, are they starting to talk about Mm -hmm. office space? And, of course, some people have, you know, I used to work with WPP. And in New York, they just just, two years ago signed a 20-year lease. (laughs) <laughs> uh, now, may, maybe they can go back and negotiate. Hopefully, most people don't have a 20-year lease, and landlords will entice them to stay. But what are you finding?
0: Yeah, there's definitely a conversation that's happening. One of the things that um, not just WPP, but in the creative advertising world that I've been seeing over the last, of the last few years is holding companies trying to develop this hub-like type of where several agencies can share the space and just work together so they can, of course, save a little bit on, on on office space, but also it kind of enhances the collaboration and and, and gets people to to really collaborate better and, and get to know their coworkers better. But given that particular scenario, let's say that that continues to be a thing, that would even prove the point that, which we in a way have been proving over the last few months, work from home can function well and can deliver the same, if not sometimes better results, just because to your point earlier, we know now that we don't need to move ourselves to a different office just to present a PowerPoint or to make a point or to have a meeting. And so that that could definitely impact the way we continue to to develop or optimize the way we go back to work. Uh, again, quote unquote, to the, the normal, if that's even going to be a thing. Because in the advertising community, particularly, one of the things that I'm noticing is... We are so dependent on meetings that it just doesn't make any sense to try to get back to the office all at once or even just two or three days a week because we will still need people to connect to a conference call. So what would you move yourself from, from your home to an office just to get on Zoom or Microsoft Teams again? It just doesn't yeah. really make sense, right?
1: That's actually a great point. You know, I, you know, you talk about advertising, they're sort of the ones who pioneered the uh, open office. And I think the open office is dead. I think every open office now has uh, partitions and Mm -hmm. it's, it's the formerly open office But, you know, I worked years ago with uh, Accenture, but I think the consulting companies, this was 2003, I was impressed because their consultants are on the road all the time. And so they issued each consultant a laptop and whatever city you were in, they had an office and you would go into the office, they didn't have to call them ahead of time. You'd show them your ID to show them that you're, you know, work for them. And they would give you an empty office with just chairs and you'd plug into the Wi-Fi and you had an office. Sometimes Mm -hmm. you'd stay for a week and you could leave things overnight. But uh, the idea that you own the office, which you're not in, didn't make sense. And we're obviously going to move a little bit to that. But uh, to put this all together, in my view, um, I think working at home you know, we see the 10% who do want to go into the office every day. But I think it's been a big success. I think in the past, bosses were suspicious of working at home. Yep. They thought that work that didn't occur in front of them didn't occur, that you were goofing off. And and maybe some people do, and maybe there have to be rigorous deliverables know that uh, to make sure that you do what you're, but I think this is unlike learning, which we'll talk about in a future session, which I think has been a dismal failure for reasons we'll look at, I think this has been pretty much a success and it's going to change everything in transportation, housing, commercial real estate, retail, yeah, you know, we're not in the city. What happens to all those stores in the city? You itching to go back to the office? Have you been in the office once?
0: It was, yeah, just just to try to experience uh, that empty building and, and get away from my my uh, new normal, if you will. But yeah. uh, just it didn't make sense. I just sat there and connected to all the, the same conference calls that I would uh, log into from home. And it was just an empty building, quite sad. (laughs) So, yeah, that's definitely not going to be the normal ever again.
1: Well, you know, we see in the cities, we see the empty storefronts Mm -hmm. because of Amazon and online. And now we're going to see the empty office buildings. So, this is, I think, this is maybe one of the biggest, this and buying online Mm -hmm. uh, may have been the two biggest successes of the pandemic.
0: Thank you for joining us. We hope to enjoy the conversation. Look out for the next episode, where we'll discuss how the disruption we are experiencing due to COVID is reshaping the film industry.